Black African power was good, was happening, a well-organized lie. Defeats a disorganized truth every time. Woo-hoo-wee. Man, y'all already know what it is, family. Look, man, look. Um, we back up again on the Real Black Atheist channel. Um, Real Black Atheist, Atheist on fire. So, you know what I mean? Um, got something I want to get off, you know, my chest. And um, just, you know, I want to have a nice, cool show. Let y'all know we're gonna be we're gonna be rocking on a regular basis. We're gonna be over there on the Amaral Squad, right? And we're gonna be over here. Um, so we need to do this on a regular basis because now the system is totally broken, is out of control, and we understand this. So it's you know it's this time. So uh, y'all can also check me out on Sunday. I'm doing that Sunday school class. All right. So yeah, we let we're gonna get in a little bit. So y'all know the title already. Trying to understand Infodishis. Um, take on evolution. And so, you know, it's, it's a, first of all, I'd like to uh, welcome our brother, uh, Asahu Tep, what's good, bro? Thing on mute. Peace, peace, sorry for that. All right. Uh, okay, yeah, everything's good over, over here. Just getting off the, the plantation, prepping <laughs> for tomorrow. Yeah, all right. You know, and, and, and getting it in. But um appreciate right. you having me on. Oh yeah, real quick. You know what I'm saying? I ain't gonna get you in no trouble. <laughs> you know, I, I I would just like to say, me being 51 years old, uh, you can't find not a person in my family, you can't find a person nowhere on planet Earth that would ever consider me to be disrespectful to people that are older than me. That has never happened. It's not gonna happen, and I'm not, and it's not gonna start. So I've never been disrespectful for older people. So I take offense to anybody to think that I will start now at 51 being disrespectful to what they want to call the elders or senior citizens or have you want to play, you know, whatever terminology uh, uh, floats your boat. All right. So you know, never that ain't been that. But at the end of the day, uh, discourse has been public. And, and we will continue the public uh, discourse. I think that to be very, very in, important. Um, I find a lot of times, matter of fact, let me, let, let, let me, let me, let me hold pump the brakes for a minute. Uh, I want, I want brother Saw, right? Uh, you got that little, that, that, that reference you gave everybody. The name of that book, the book is uh, The Conflict of Minds by Jordan, how you say it? Ingubani. Ingubani. Right. Okay. Yeah. I want you to look at that reference, man, and tell me what you think about that. I want you to kind of read a little bit and, and kind of just talk about that for a moment. And then we can get into the Koreans and how that fits into this whole thing. Koreans and the Japanese. All right. But go ahead. Yeah. I, I would have to read up because it's been a while since I examined that, um, that one reference that we were talking about offline. Okay. So, um, I, I would, I would hold off that for another discussion because I don't want to mis, misquote it. You I put know, it in the group. misrepresent the idea. It's in the group. I'm sorry. It's in the group. No, not Jordan Gabani. You, you're talking about the Korean uh, plane crash thing. Uh, yeah, I, I got. It. Okay. Yeah, so I mean, I have the book in front of me, but I have right. to read like it's, it's okay. Been a while. All right, so okay. The 
see. Yeah, the ethnic theory of plane crashes. That's what the the, the chapter is called. Yeah. Um, so chapter seven, but that's on the book, The Outliers, The Story okay. of Success by Malcolm Gladwell. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. And so, let me see. Let me download this and share it. So what I'm gonna do, since I already had it scanned and made an image of, then I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna share my screen so the folks can see it, if that's all right. As soon as I pull it up, so I just downloaded it. Okay, where'd the image go? Okay, so let me go here, share my screen. Okay, it says I'm sharing my screen. So let me hide that for a moment. So can you see? I can see you. I can see me on there. Um, why is it? Yeah, you, can't, you just got to get it right. Is it? Can you see the screen now? Yeah, I can see me on there. So you must got click, click, click off me. See, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm going to stop sharing. Mm -hmm. All right, so I'm going to start sharing again. Right. But I'm only going to share the application this time. So can you see the? Yep, gotcha. OK. Um, so. I forgot the initial discussion that we were having um, for which I brought this up beforehand, but. Uh, oh, when we were trying to figure out people's beliefs and that there ain't no African people in Africa that we just didn't believe in the God and all that. And then the slave and, and then the actual part of being enslaved. Uh, we was dealing oh, with this. Uh, yeah, this was during our. What do you call it? Kanye uh, discussion. The spirit, yeah, the spirit discussion. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So what this excerpt is from a book called Conflict of Minds. And it was published in 1979 by uh, Jordan Ingubani, who's a Amazulu um, which is just you know uh, a native Zulu speaker who was also a political activist and journalist, and he was exiled from South Africa for a while because of his writings. And during his exile in the seventies, he came. He he traveled to West Africa in places like Nigeria, Ghana, and uh, I think a few other places. And then he had a stint here in the United States and actually was here in Philadelphia. 
um, and, and, you know, knew and met Dr. Malefe Kitty Asante, you know, and others. And so uh, he's published a number of works. And again, this book from which this excerpt is from is called Conflict of Minds. And it's basically talking about apartheid and how the Bantu speaking people from Southern Africa and the Europeans came into conflict and what is the source of that conflict. So as the title would suggest, it's a conflict of minds. In other words, a conflict of worldviews. So in it, he, you know, takes a number of, uh, takes a lot of space to describe the inner logic of European culture in contrast uh, to uh, the Bantu African culture. And so from this chapter is called the attitude to the uh to the person so he's, he's breaking down the different attitudes according to the culture so how do europeans see people in general in the world and how they move as a result of how they see people in general versus the the african um more specifically the bantu of south africa and their attitude towards the person and so uh so this is what this excerpt is from. And so he's now talking about Tashaka Zulu and the, the history of Tashaka Zulu and the, 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 the history that was going on prior to the emergence of Tashaka Zulu. So they're giving me the, the historical analysis and the cultural and, and situational environment, which which launched the Shaka Zulu. So because the Zulu people migrated, the Zulu, I should, let me back up. The Zulu are, was a small group of semi nomadic pastoralists. And they, uh, he, they were a part of a larger group of Bantu speakers called the Nguni. Uh, an Nguni is just a word for cow or cattle. And these people migrated from Northeast Africa in the Great Lakes region um, in Ethiopia and moved down to Southern Africa. And so as they progressed to Southern Africa through Zimbabwe and Mozambique, you know, and coming to what we now call South Africa, some of the Nguni tribes spread Southwest and some spread Southeast. And the ones that spread southeast, including the Zulus, they all met up in a valley area. And as a result, and over time, there begin to become conflicts as a result of not enough space and not enough resources. And so there was internal fighting between ethnic groups and nations. And these, you know, the, the people were crying out for end of the, the infighting. And so there was this, this need for a strong king who would lead the people into more peaceful and prosperous times. So this is kind of where we pick up, you know, um, here. And so, I'll just read down, and if I need to bring any more context to what I uh, what I said to explain, I'll do it. So, 
there was a point I think beforehand uh, on this in this text where one of the court poets provides a a poem to Tashaka. Uh, it's either him or his father, you know, talking about what needs to be done. And so he goes on to explain this. So he says, the poet told them that they needed no props to respond to the call of destiny. They needed no gods. Their ancestral spirits could not reach the heights of achievement, which the person could. The disciplined self could imagine all things, achieve all things and rise to all heights because he was human. All the person needed to do was uh, to do all the person needed to do to awaken the powers locked in him was to have faith in the person. In other words, to have faith in himself, to discipline himself and to proceed from this to explore himself, to search the et the eternal microcosm that he was for satisfying dimensions um, of being human. One question. Go ahead. So are you reading this from a European nation somewhere? Somewhere off in Europe, somewhere? No. Oh yeah, where are you reading that from? It's coming. This, from this is a, a bona fide African, and and talking about an African worldview mm. that that essentially said that we we don't need to rely on gods and external forces. What we need is to enhance our intellect and enhance our discipline and imagination, hmm. and to draw on each other to solve our problems yeah. because the 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 priest of before and this appealing to the spiritual authorities was obviously not working mm. and so the they there began to be a shift in attitude amongst a a large population of the zulus towards what we're seeing here and so this is what Jordan and Gabani is recording. And so I continue, the person had all the future before him to evolve perpetually into the type of human being he wanted to be. Society and the spirit forms were his allies and supporters. They were always ready to reinforce him whenever he disciplined himself and marched to a clearly stated goal. The assumption behind this approach was that the person was adequate that he had in him all the powers that he could need to realize the destiny he chose for himself. These powers inherit in him as a person. He did not receive them from any source outside of himself. Mm. Any belief in an external power was superstition and superstition was the person's mortal foe. Shaka killed groups of diviners and witch doctors in the effort to free his people from the grip of superstition. He wanted a nation truly free and, excuse me, he wanted a nation of truly free men and women who needed no props outside of themselves in order to realize the promise of being human. Yeah, and so know. one of the reasons why I bring this up in the first time is so first that we, we understand research methods that we can't lump all groups together. So while you may find several African groups who their attitude is that we can't do nothing or move forward without spirit's help. Mm -hmm. For example, when you read the works of Maladoma Somme, 
That's not the attitude as expressed in this text by Jordan and Gabani. It's the exact opposite. They're mm -hmm. still both African people. Mm -hmm. So the dagger and Amazulu. Mm -hmm. And so you, you can have uh, cultural unity and still have diversity and, mm -hmm. and still be African. So that was the, the, the essential point that I was making, you know, when bringing this particular citation up, uh, along with some other points that are discussed, which we'll read uh, further. So um, the Zulus were not the only people who regarded themselves as the people whose destiny was to traverse the universes. In Rhodesia, there were the, Maz the Mazizeru, the people who belonged to the heavens. Shaka the Great was the son of Sinza Gakona. He adopted the court poet's ideal as the main inspiration of the revolution, which he led after his father's death. It was the ideological blueprint on which he built the Zulu nation. So what he's saying is that the Zulu, because remember the Zulus were not that big of a group, but they were a warrior group nonetheless. And it was Tashaka when he did his expansion uh, and, and his colonial uh, quest that he expanded the Zulu. So technically the Zulus are really a mixture of different other ethnic groups that came under one umbrella and became a Zulu nation. So what Jordan Gabani is saying here is that that poem that we kept referencing beforehand, mm -hmm. um, which we didn't read, but uh, is referenced in the text, is, is the, ideolo the ideology from which the Zulu nation was formed. So they, so Tashaka, you know, not only, you know, is known for his innovations in war, and his resistance to the Europeans, the British in particular, but in the way in which he organized the society. So there were certain aspects that were kept and then there were innovations in the way that the society was ran in the ideology that undergirded the, you know, what became the Zulu nation. So that's what he's saying. Um, so, but the revolution must be seen in context. The Zulu philosophers whose thinking was reflected in the new ideal of nationhood had evolved out of the stage when they were dependent on religion for guidance on the establishment of a better society. Noam Kubunwana, if I'm pronouncing that anywhere near correct, the princess of heaven was the last of their deities. Religion had been alive in a thousand years before Shaka. In all these years, it failed to resolve the conflicts of Natal, which is a, a, a city in South Africa. It forced men to see it as a prop, a prison of the mind, which was used by the strong to entrench their power and not solve the problems of suffering humanity. Shaka sailed into this situation and preached that wherever human beings were oppressed, they were, in the final analysis, oppressed by consent. The person had a many-sided mind which could traverse space and move from universe to universe and transform the human being into a conscious citizen of the cosmic order. This meant that if the person was prepared to impose certain disciplines on himself, he could become the, and then it goes on to the next page. But I had this part highlighted, you know, in, in support of Kanye, when he would made his statement that, you know, 400 years, that sounds like a choice to me. Mm -hmm. And to Shaka Zulu, according to Jordan Ngabani, 
uh, essentially said the same thing. And so he says, Shaka sailed into the situation and preached that when wherever human beings were oppressed, they were in the final analysis oppressed by consent because resistance and rebellion and revolution is always an option, even if you're going to lose your life. <clears throat> so um, that's another conversation for another day. But <laughs> I think, you know, the, the highlighted points and everything puts uh, what they were saying in context. So I hope that uh, is what you were looking for. Yep, and I appreciate that because that kind of delves into the mind of the Zulu. You know, it delves to the mind the diversity in the African continent. We just got to stop playing. This is how it is. And, you know, I, I give comfort in understanding of Shaka the Great. But Shaka the Great, he never fought the Europeans. He never had to fight the Europeans. His gang was so tight that at the end of the day, it was his people that killed him. You know what I'm saying? His family, they killed him. So he was on what he was supposed to be on to change the situation. And so we're not, I'm not saying that because people will take this because they pseudo as hell, right? And, and want to start shit. We're not saying we need to kill the elders or, or the priest. What we're saying is we have been ran by religion since we've came here. They've told us we was the most spiritual on planet Earth. We just said, but they never gave us the other viewpoint of it. They never gave us the other side. Nobody, no one read uh, how Shaka felt. You know what I'm saying? We got to look at Hollywood movies. You know, and they mischaracterized the brother. No, no one said that. So this is something we had to learn on our own. And so absolutely, we try as a people, right, Black American community and the country community, we absolutely try to use religion and the spirit and God to change our situation. And I'd be damned if that ain't work. It ain't work. We sitting here right now on this show having a conversation based off of the fact that it ain't working. It's more that has to be done. So, you know, we talk about, um, and it's not anytime you want to leave, you can leave, brother. Okay. You know I'm going to head out now. All right. All right. Get out of here, man. Let me handle this. Some things you just got to handle. <laughs> <laughs> Holla at you, bro. Appreciate you. So, look, we, this brings us to this portion of the conversation here. All right. I'm going to start off with Chancellor Williams' work, all right? And I'm going to show you how not allowing uh, uh, the next generation, you know what I'm saying, and technology and science to be flourished or, or, or to be transmitted in the community, how it absolutely decimates the community. Because this is the same thing that happened to the Egyptians. Now watch this on page 135, 132. It's say iron was the basis of the technological revolution and warfare. So we're talking about technology now, right? It say that the Assyrians, the Hittites, the Persians, and other Asiatic nations were equipping their armies with new types of iron weapons. And that these were devastatingly more effective than the stone and copper weapons had to be well known to the African. It say it was not new as was mentioned before, they not only knew about the use of iron, but they had long since developed the iron smelting processes. They say the trouble was the highly sensitive royal monopoly. Mm -hmm. They say the secrets, the secret was more zealously guarded than the smelting of iron. They say this meant richly limiting production. 
Here was fear out of marching both reason, matching both reason and the most elementarily common sense. This oversensitiveness, which inhibited the expansion of iron production, was to contribute mightily to the success of the Syrian's army over them. Prosperity, too, may have been blurred. The African may have blurred the African vision. Too much success can be dangerous. You say, in this case, so much wealth was piled up from foreign trade, especially the gold, iron, and copper, that the question of iron, if raised, may have been dismissed as economically unsound. So we see right here that in the African community along the Nile Valley, royal monopoly, priesthoods, um, were hog-tying hog technology, not allowing the technology to flourish. We're in the same position. We have a group, RBA, Real Black Atheists, man, and the center of what we do is science. We don't rely on deities, right? We don't rely on spirit. And for this, you know what I'm saying, they threw tomatoes at us. You know what I'm saying? Round here, we're going to deal with science all day, every day. So you hear people say, well, the, well, the atheists this, don't believe this, and the da, da, don't believe this. But I'm going to tell you this right now. If there are people amongst you, in particular elders, that do not understand or take the time to understand biological evolution, human evolution, they should not be allowed to teach the origin of humanity. They should not be allowed to teach how the African traversed around the planet. They should not be allowed to teach. Whatever thing could you come up with? They're even going to give you a religious explanation of it, right? Or some pseudo explanation of it, putting us in grave harm. Now, why am I saying, why am I saying that not understanding evolution will put you in grave harm? Well, the first one is, how in the hell can you actually give the people an accurate depiction of the African 300,000 years ago if you're not going to deal with biological evolution? How did you do that? Then the real fact is that most, most of the elders are getting away from the quote-unquote master teachers because the master teachers took science. Man, we can go, we, we can go Dr. Ben, right? We can go Shikandi Diops. We can go John Henry Clark. You know what I'm saying? We can go on and on with the master teachers. Uh, we can go... Um, Reverend wrote to start deep, deep beginnings. Hold on. Charles Finch, start deep beginnings. You know what I'm saying? You read his chapter, he's talking about evolution. So it seems that somewhere something got lost in translation. That really, Brother Unk wasn't bringing anything new to the community at all. He was simply really standing on the shoulders of the master teachers. You know what I'm saying? Not their students. He was standing on the shoulder of the master teachers, and first thing they taught was to deal with science. Man, this whole book right here to start deep beginnings. It's talking about science, it's talking about technology, it's talking about evolution, different African nations. Charles Finch. You can go online and catch Charles Finch talking about evolution right now. 
So they all act like that's not occurring, it's not happening. So if you if you have an elder in your community and he's and he's messing up evolution, man, retire him on that subject. That don't mean that he's not intelligent and not smart. That means that he has an unwillingness to stop and learn. He has an unwillingness to take his time and understand what's going on in 2018 on that particular subject. So you can be intelligent on one subject, right? It'd be dumb as hell on another. And so we're seeing a lot of that. And so the young brothers and sisters that's coming up now, man, they got it honest, man. So we have this anti-evolutionary climate in the community. And if you talk about evolution, one, you must not believe in God, and two, um, you're on that monkey shit. That's the primary, that's, that's the sentiments. You feel me? Most people that argue with you against evolution have not read a good book on it. So I want to get right into it, right? I want to play some statements that was made Right, and we just want to analyze it. We just want to analyze that for a minute. Right? We want to analyze because it's very, very important. Um, for the record, this particular book right here, um, Origin and Evolution of Human Race. Uh, you remember Dr. John Henry Clark brought this to these, he got these books republished again. And he wrote the forward and premodal signs and symbols, right, by Elbert Churchwood. And I bring Elbert Churchwood into the discussion. Because he had a brother, I forget his brother's name, his brother uh, uh, was a daggone uh, pseudo-teacher. So his one brother's dealing with anthropology, paleontology, then the other brother's dealing with pseudo-teaching. Look it up. Look up Albert Churchwood's brother. Uh, I think he, he wrote the book um, dealing with Atlantis. All right? Uh, I forget his name. This is Churchwood, though. All right, but he talked about daggone uh, Moo and Atlantis and all that nonsense when his brother's really dealing with scientists. So we use we use Churchwood because him and Darwin, right, was the first two people that I know of on planet Earth, right, that actually recognized, you know what I'm saying, that the birthplace of humanity was in Africa. You know, like, like Nation Islam brought the quote-unquote um, Asiatic black man. The more are the age from Asia, Asiatic black man, right? They brought their little religion with them, right? But you got to go back to the time of Bishop Usher, where he mandated that the world, based off his calculations, started in 4004 BCE. I think in January or sometime like that. A bunch of foolery, all right? And not till, and so during that time, right? During a Bishop Usher, y'all can look it up, right? The majority of the planet thought that you know, that we came from, you know, the biblical narrative. That was the prevailing belief of that time. All right, so maybe we should say amongst European nations. But hell, people that pe people use their cosmology stories. We, we, we see this today, that people will claim that, well, the African didn't teach that. What the hell would the African taught didn't teach? First of all, this information wasn't even available. You know what I'm saying? People were like, basically, you know, uh, going off of stories, uh, going off of imagination. You know what I'm saying? They wasn't dealing with uh, a concrete, uh, um, flexible scientific data. They just wasn't. They just didn't know. So man didn't know his origins. Man speculated on his origins. Look, Listen, people, tell the elders in your community that we are past the stage of speculating. We no longer speculate whether Africa 
is the birthplace of humanity. We can prove it through the DNA, right? And we can also prove it through the quote unquote fossil record. All right. We can prove these things. So let me see real fast here before I get into the presentation. Let me show you. All right. The primary worldview on, on this. And so, you know, you know, we're getting set back here. We shouldn't have to fight against the elder community on whether biological evolution occurs, right? Uh, I mean, you know, it's not a belief. Evolution is not a belief. It's something that you just have to know. But but I'd be damned if I spend my time fighting a bunch of elders on whether, you know, I can teach, first of all, whether I can call myself real black atheist or not. That's my prerogative, right? I got every right as a functioning human being standing on earth. I got every right to tell my children, you know what I'm saying, uh, information that will help them survive. And me personally, I got every right to take control of my own life. You heard what Shaka said. With enough discipline and understanding of who you are, it's, it's not too much you cannot do. So I stand at the center of the cosmos. And everybody, you know, tuned in tonight, you stand at the center of the cosmos. So, so we don't have to be hogtied, you know, based off of what our elders said or based off what the damn ancestors said or based off what chemists said or what Africa said. We do not have to be hogtied to that. We got every right as functioning human beings to make our own determinations based off of the available data. It's called being free. Okay? So, look, watch this. So, if you go to Albert Terpswood, chapter 1, page 2, he says, from studies I've made during many years, I'm fully convinced, uh, hold on, that the preconceived ideas of many scientists regarding the origin of, of the human race, both as the place and date, are erroneous and evidence will be brought forward to prove that the human race did not originate in Asia, but in Africa. So, you know, they was, you know, once they started getting to the thinking and trying to use science, right, they was trying to use Asia as the birthplace. Remember that. Your parents was doing that. All right. Goes on to say, this evidence will be objective and subjective as proof of my contention against all learned men of the present day. So, what, you know, everybody was all off in Asia. You know, that's, you know, that's over there in the Middle East, all over there with, with, with Noah's Ark story. You know, and those stories that we carry on to this day, all that is Asia, right? Middle Eastern stories, all right? But you got to understand the biological evolution is an African story. Hmm. So anybody fight, anybody saying they love Africa out of one side of their mouth, and then on the other side of their mouth saying that evolution ain't real, don't occur, you got to keep a real, real, real close look at them. You keep your eyes on them because they fronting. And I'm going to tell you why they fronting. Because they won't take the time to allow, one, somebody that's more qualified on the said subject to do it, or two, too goddamn stubborn, right, and won't continue their studies. Or they just got too much on their plate and they need to stick to what they think they can do best or what they do best. This is what I'm saying. Stay in your damn lane. Don't teach about the origin of humanity and Africa was first and we black. Don't talk about that. Get off of that. Stick to what you do best. Because it's 2019, right? And me personally, right? I never signed up to be around a bunch of Wild ass little dudes and a bunch of crazy ass old men. 
ain't signed up for that. Not me. Trying to tell me what I can teach and what I can't teach. That ain't why I signed up. I didn't sign up for, for a group cult mentality where, you know what I'm saying, if you're not going with the cult, all of a sudden you ostracized and you might just have the truth. I ain't signed up for that neither. I didn't sign up to worship personalities. I didn't sign up for that, right? So me personally, right, signed up, right, to bring the people the truth, right? And when I make that mistake and time and at times with the damn truth, I'm going to tell you, you know what? I made a mistake. I was wrong with that. That's why I signed up, man. I signed up, man, to give y'all all I got. I done volunteered for the last damn 20 years, damn it, man. Volunteer, man, and then been against the younger aspect of the community and the older aspect of the community, which is a bunch of bullshit, man. Bunch of bullshit. I'm going to tell you that right now. Because these individuals refuse to pick up a damn book. They want to make up their own thing because they want to be the center of attention. Hmm. So go on to say, um, and say, the first question which arise in this when and where did man make his first appearance on this earth? Watch this. Biblical scholars tell you about 6,000 years ago in Asia. The Aryanists, watch this, the Aryanist school, right, in Asia about 20,000 years ago, right? See, that's crazy. It say others, including many scientists in Asia or in some mythical land which has now disappeared. All of them have denied Africa as the home of man. So all y'all talking about that Asia thing, man, y'all dealing with the white boy thing. Y'all dealing with the biblical narrative. You know what I'm saying? Like, so that's very interesting to me. You know what I'm saying? So really, I'm giving you the science and prevailing understanding of 2019 Right, why the majority of the community is giving you racism, white supremacy, right? And then you laughing at me. Now, I find that to be very funny. So this is Albert Churchwood. Now we see why the great John Henry Clark gave the white boy his blessings by writing in his forward. He wanted to make sure we had these works, man. All right, so all that the white man can't give you no truth. We we we're not gonna do that, right? Because white people might lie, right? No, white people will lie, black people might lie, but them damn numbers don't lie. All right, so let me get into the damn presentation right here. Let's hear with, with let's see what Brother Infodici has to say about the subject of biological evolution. Play this real quick, right? Play this little beautiful bean footage right here. Get that screen set up. Hold on, let's move slow. Damn. All right. Tie screen. All right, okay, so we're right here. Name of this presentation is Helping the Black Community Escape 
from pseudoisms, Charles Darwin's natural selection, and the basic understanding of natural selection as a foundation of modern biology. Mm -hmm. Most of y'all didn't even know that. All right, so look, Brother Infidisi, all right, let's listen to his sentiments. See what he has to say about the sad subject matter, all right? One thing you see, Darwin's theory doesn't hold water. Darwin's evolutionary theory does not hold water. If we look at the primates, which Europeans want to claim they come from, we never claim we came from, but Europeans want to say they come from that. If we look at the gorilla, which is the most advanced primate, he has 48 chromosomes. Human beings, man has 46. And so it's a step backwards. And then a step to the side, we have a pineal gland that connects us to the universe. He doesn't have this. So it's something like it's something like some engineering took place here. It's like somebody took the body. We got every organ and muscle that the gorilla has, but we got a different intellect and a different connection to the universe. So it's like somebody took a step back, a step to the side, and then went forward for human beings. We came here as human beings, and we have always been human beings. Okay, so I just need to make that statement. That's what they're proof. They're going to prove. They're going to see. I mean, every year they have to push the date back. They, first it was we were here three million years, then five million, then eight million. They're going to find out we was here dodging dinosaurs. You know what? They're going to find out we've always been here. <laughs> hmm. All right. We was here dodging dinosaurs. That's why I found that to be very damn funny. I'm thinking he was cracking a joke right there, so I ain't going to take him serious with that, right? Okay, so here we go. Let's analyze his first statement, right? His first statement was what? One thing you see, Darwin's theory doesn't does not hold water. Okay, so Darwin's theory of evolution does not hold water. Hmm. Now that's some interesting things and an interesting statement to actually pass on to the next generation right there. Point one, did Dr. Ben say that? Did John Jackson say that? Did they say that Charles Darwin's theory did not hold water? Did they, did they chase us away from Charles Darwin's theory? Did they? So let's see what Charles Stallman's theory was and see how much water it actually holds. Now watch this. Natural selection. Because first of all, Charles Darwin, right, is not the father of evolution. He's the father of natural selection. So let's see. Natural selection is a, is a cornerstone. Hope y'all know what that means. Any building got a cornerstone. It's a cornerstone of modern biology. Right, so if you got your children believing that Charles Darwin's theory don't hold no water, then you got them running around dumb as rocks. You got them missing out on the actual cornerstone. So any would-be doctors don't need to be doctors. Any would-be scientists don't need to be scientists, right? Any biology, you don't need to deal with no biology because the actual cornerstone of biology is natural selection, which was purported by Charles Darwin. We can't teach that in 2019. Ain't that 80 
blind, crippled, or crazy, right? You got to get dealt with when you teach that. And I don't mean dealt with in a disrespectful manner. I mean simply critiqued on things that you talk about, things that you teach. It is very, very important to understand that what that white boy came up with just so happened to be the damn cornerstone of modern biology. Hmm. Now watch this. It said a concept published by Darwin and Alfred Russell Wallace, look them, look them up, in a joint presentation of papers in 1858 was elaborated in Darwin's influential 1859 book on, watch this, on the origin of species by means of natural selection or the preservation of the favorite races, uh -huh, y'all like that, huh? In the struggle for life, he described natural selection as an allegorist to artificial selection, a process by which animals and plants with traits considered desirable by human breeders are systematically favored for reproduction. Yeah, y'all see that word right there? And read this again. Artificial selection, right? A process by which animals and plants with traits considered desirable by human breeders are systematically favored for reproduction. Is that not what they did to you, right, in the transcontinental kidnapping trade? Yeah, selective breeding occurred when they controlled your, 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 your mating practices, right? When, when, when they, quote, unquote, made it illegal to go get the African from Africa, now we got to breed them in the Americas, right? It's called artificial selection. Don't you think our children should know that and understand what happened to them? But you can't teach that if you're going against natural selection or evolution. You just can't teach that. Next slide. So now the statement, quote unquote, the statement that all of a sudden that doesn't hold water is a bunch of nonsense. Let's get right back to quote unquote um, right here. The origin of species, the origin of species by means of natural selection, right? And this is the alternative time read, or the preservation of the favorite races. See, um, there you go. There goes the white man. They favoring the white man or everybody else. No, the preservation of favorite races was not talking about races or humans. Not at all. It's not what it was talking about. You need to go read the book to see exactly what we're talking about, but it wasn't talking about that. Hmm. It's talking about traits. Let me keep going on. Next slide. But I, let's deal with biology. Most people don't know what the hell biology is. Why, why is biology important, Unc? Here you go. Let's see. Biology deals with the study of life and organisms. Huh. So if we're talking about the African and how we started out, we're talking about a living organism. And the mistake that everybody make is, quote unquote, a living organism, living organisms are connected to everything on planet Earth. There is no separation of living organisms. For human beings to even understand human beings, man, we study the other living organisms. Now, biology is the natural science that studies life, 
and living organisms, including their physical structure, chemical processes, molecule interactions, psychological mechanisms, development, and evolution. It's a despite the complexity of, of the science, there are certain unifying concepts that consolidated into a single coherent field. Biology recognizes the cell as the basic unit of life, genes as the basic unit of heredity, and evolution as the engine that propels the creation and extinction of species. I'm going to say this again. Evolution as the engine that propels the creation and extinction of species. Not because human beings then cut down too many daggone trees. Is why all the animals going to die. It's not that. It's evolution that propels creation and extinction based off of the natural environment. Let me keep going. Living organisms are open systems that survive by transforming energy, right? And decreasing their local empathy to maintain a stable and vital condition defined as. Let me get back on that. Where am I at? Let's just skip. See, hit one of my, is my screen frozen? Um, let me get back to me. All right, natural selection, right? What is natural selection? It's the differential survival and reproduction of individuals due to differences in phenotype. It is a key mechanism in evolution. So now we see that, no, Charles Darwin didn't teach evolution. Charles Darwin taught one mechanism in evolution. So the debate is never over whether evolution is real and is a fact or not, right? A theory and a fact at the same time. The debate will be over the different mechanisms in evolution. It's a, it is a key mechanism in evolution that change the change in heredity traits, characteristics of a population over generations. So when we look at white people, we can actually see this change in characteristics and traits on why they became white people. When we look at different types of animals, the diversity in the animals is based off of uh, population characteristics of traits and heredity. Gene, you know, so 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 genes are passed on. From each generation. So when the native so, so when the fake Native American people that act like they're Native Americans but really black people talk about they ain't dealing with no damn DNA, they're actually denying, right? They're actually denying a very, very part of biology. How these traits passed on the DNA is not real. <laughs> Man, wow. Heredity. Let's see what heredity is. Is the passing on of traits from parents? to their offsprings, either through asexual reproduction, and no, humans aren't asexual, all right? You have to find certain organisms, you know what I'm saying, that don't need a male and a female to reproduce. Certain cells do that. They're asexual. Or sexual reproduction. The offspring cells or organisms acquire the genetic information of their parents. It's a through heredity. Variation between individuals can accumulate 
and cause species to evolve by natural selection. It say the study of heredity in biology is genetics. So when you deny genetics in the genes, you're actually denying your heredity. <laughs> Remember, your heredity is passed on through the genes. Phenotype is the observable characteristics or traits of a living organism. That's why you can go to any place in the world and look at the population and see these different phenotypes within the same population. All right, so we got that straight. So now we see that, no, you can't overlook Charles Darwin and dismiss his theory of natural selection. It is not the theory of evolution. It's the theory of natural selection, which is one, I'm gonna say it again, one mechanism in evolution. So the next statement that was made, quote unquote, right, that Europeans called us primates. Yeah, it's a fact. Europeans did <laughs> do that. But that was based off of classification. All right. So what are the characteristics? What, what are the characteristics of a primate? So let's look at primate characteristics include. Let's see. Let's see if you're a primate. Do you have specialized hands and feet? Yes or no. Do you have observable thumbs and big toes, flat nails, heightened sense of touch? <laughs> Do you have that? Prehensile hands? Do you have that? Two. Do you got specialized four limbs? Do you have that? Do you have the ability to rotate and flex? Do you have that? Collarbones. Do you have these things right here? <laughs> Three. Vision, color. Color vision. Can you see in color? Stereocropic vision? Huh. You know, everything don't see in color. You know, there's certain colors that human being, the human being, I can't see. That's why you'll find NASA doctor at photos. Hmm. That's another discussion. That's three, visual acuity, all right? Number four, an omnivorous diet. Now, this is where y'all gonna start hollering, screaming. I hate to say it, but humans, have an omnivorous diet. Humans can choose what they want to eat, no matter what y'all say. As a matter of fact, when you play the whole vegan game, vegetarian game, you're really following white people. Whether it's healthy or not, you're following white people because white people brought veganism to America. I say again, it was the European that brought veganism to the Americas. Find me one vegan African nation. Yes, they have plant-based diets in Africa. The Nile Valley Africans sure as hell wasn't vegans. You can see them hunting birds. So Muda Asi was wrong with that. You can see them hunting, period. Before they was before humans was farming, what was they doing? They was berries, plants, animals. They was eating what they had to eat. So humans are omnivores. So how do we know humans are omnivores? 
you can just look at their specialized teeth. teeth. Their teeth show you what they can eat. They have certain teeth for, for quote-unquote turn, turn food away from a bone. They have molars that will crush up food. They have the front teeth that will uh, 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 slice through food. Matter of fact, humans, this particular primate, human beings, the fact that they weren't specialized eaters is what allowed us to make it to this day because you have other human species that were specialized eaters and when that particular food supply died, they died with their food supply. Five, a small number of offspring at birth. Yeah, you might have, you know, you got to get some white people medicine to have 10 kids at one time. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Six, prolongation of pregnancy and infancy. What, 10 months in the womb? All right. Enlargement of the brain, especially the cerebral cortex. Also, a complex of social behavior. There you go. And if you possess these traits, right, based off of the classification system, all right, they will put you in the category of a primate. So, yes, humans are primates. They also call it a great ape. So you got great apes and lesser apes. What is a lesser ape? A monkey. A luma. They can't look in the mirror and tell themselves and recognize themselves. But put a chimpanzee in the mirror, he can recognize himself. Put a human in the mirror, he can recognize himself. That is the difference. The next statement. Oh, man, humans got Monk gorillas got 48 chromosomes. Ain't that what he said? We got to go back and play it. Hold on, let me, let me get this paper. Let me get this statement right. Yep, he said gorillas got 48 chromosomes and humans got 46 chromosomes. So what was the reason for that? Let's break down that statement. All right. So if you look right here on the slide, these are chromosomes. You'll see 23, right? 23 and 23 is what? 46. 24 and 24 is what? 48. So one, the gorilla, right, is not the most intelligent prime, one of the most intelligent primates. A chimpanzee is far more intelligent than a gorilla. So let y'all know for the record. It's another misstatement. All right. Now, so look at chromosome two. Chromosome two is the reason why humans have 46 chromosomes. Now, when they was trying to figure out the common ancestor, right, and trying to figure out, you know, was humans actually connected to the other primates, man, 
the thing that swayed them to really understand this thing is when they looked at the chromosome, they say, well, why? They asked the same question the infodesiacs, right? But they got the answer for it through scientific investigation. So it was like, okay, so if chimpanzees and other primates got 48 chromosomes, why do humans got 46? Because of a mu mutation that caused the fusion. And guess what it's called, y'all? It's called gene two fusion. That's why humans got 46 chromosomes. And gorillas got 48 because based off of a mutation, right, the chromosomes fuse together. Hmm. That is the answer to why gorillas, you know what I'm saying, monkeys, chimpanzees had 48 chromosomes and humans has 46. So it wasn't some kind of mythical being like the brother suggested. No, it was evolution. It was a mutation that caused it. <laughs> Man, so necessarily, I'm not even. I'm not even really. I'm not even really expecting. Um, I'm not really expecting brother Infidisha to know this, right? And I'm not joking. I'm, I'm simply saying, being as though he's on Saturday TV and thousands of people are watching, right? That not on my watch can I allow evolution to get chopped and screwed like that. It's not fair to the brothers and sisters. You know what I'm saying? And it's really not fair to Brother Infodisi, right? It's not fair for us to allow him to continue to mess up biological human evolution. Now, how would that be right? Because you got the young generation looking at the brother. The brother has power. He has honor. He has respect in the community. You know what I'm saying? And he's a teacher. And there's certain parts of his teaching that are raw, wise, and right and exact, and some parts of his teaching that are just clearly wrong, and I'm showing you this. So for the record, right, it's called gene two fusion. Let me get a little bit closer on the situation. Here you go, right here. All right, so here you go. Origin of human chromosome two. Small arrows indicate the, 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 the telomeres, telomeres. Right here. Current centimeters, fusion site. Band 2Q13 is right here, y'all. That's where it fused that. So, right here, you got the chimpanzees and the macaque. You got the human chromosome, too. The chimpanzees chromosomes right here. You can see where it's fused at. Right here. Right in this area, right here. And so, that's how scientists tell that these were fused together. Let's get a little more clear for you. The red is a telomere, right? And the blue is a centromere, all right? That's the chromosome I showed you earlier, right there, to the left. Now, fusion of the ancestral chromosomes, right? Left distinctive remnants of telomeres and a vestal centromere. You know, you got vestal organs and stuff like that, right? Like the tail, all right? Like we no longer have a tail, but you got leftover remnants of it, right? You look you look on the human anatomy and look at their tailbone, the coccyx bone is the vestal, right? Meaning it used to be there. It's no longer there. You can look right on the skeleton and tail. So the red, here's the fusion area, right? So you got the telomeres. So see the telomeres and red, right? 
Look at the telomeres. Now, right here, it's fused together. So why is that there like that? Because it's been fused together. It's supposed to be on the ends of the chromosome. See that? Not fused together right there. I'm going to say it real slow. A telomere, okay, it's on the, supposed to be, be on the end of the chromosomes. But in this particular case, on chromosome two, it's fused together. So they can tell that these two areas right here was fused together. So that's why we have, quote unquote, 46 chromosomes as, a, as, a, as opposed to 48 chromosomes. And this also proves that down the line, we had a common ancestor, you know what I'm saying, with the gorilla, with the chimpanzee. So, so if you go back, maybe, let's say, chimpanzees and humans share about between 98 and 99% DNA, all right? There's no other logical answer on why we share 99 or 98% DNA. There's only one answer that makes sense. That's because somewhere down the line, hmm, we had a common ancestor and it was a split occurred. The same thing with the gene two fusion shows that somewhere down the line, right, we had a common ancestor and the mutation occurred was caused gene two fusion. Now, Let's get to the penile gland, all right? Brother talked about the penile gland. Newsflash, let's find out what the pineal gland is. The pineal gland does not connect humans to the cosmos, as Brother InfoDC uh, 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 claimed. No, it doesn't. Remember, that, I'm going to play the video again so y'all can get all this information once again. But watch this to say the pineal gland is a small endocrine gland, okay, in the brain of animals with backbones. So wait a minute. Gorillas have a pineal gland, a pineal gland. I'm going to read this again. The pineal gland is a small endocrine gland in the brain of animals with backbones. So if you got a backbone, you're going to have a what? A pineal gland. The pineal gland produces melatonin. Not melanin, y'all. Melatonin. There's a reason for a pineal gland. It produces melatonin and serotonin divide hormone, which what modulates sleep patterns, okay, in both circadian and seasonal cycles. The shape of the gland resembles a pine cone from which it derives its name. Now you can go back in ancient times, right? Go back to uh, Assyria and different places, and you'll see this cone thing, right? Like they might have been doing some type of anatomy, but they obviously didn't know what the function of it was for. So you'll find pseudo-interpretations of the pineal gland all day long. So circadian and seasonal cycles 
This is dealing with your sleep pattern. It modulates your sleep pattern. It's very, very important. And so, no, white people don't, white people in particular don't have a calcified penile gland. You can have a calcified penile gland. It has nothing to do with your, 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 your color, your damn skin. I just want to add that in there. So for the record, those who follow the Amaral Squad, the Real Black Atheists, we now know the real function of the pineal gland. It does not connect it to the universe, but it, but make sure it modulates your damn sleep pattern. Enough of this. Deal with the function. The pineal gland is involved in several functions of the body, including secretion of the hormone melatonin. Not melanin, but melatonin. Regulation of endocrine function. Endocrine functions. Conversion of nervous system signals to endocrine signals. Causes sleepiness. Influences sexual development. Influences immune system function and anadoxin activity. Not the connection to the damn universe. Man, boy, I tell you, man. How long has this information been going on in the community, man? A long time. All right? So, no, stay out of biology. Next slide. Let's see. Let's, let, let's see where the pineal gland is located. Right there. See that red dot? Right there. See that? All right. That's your pineal gland. And it has a biological function for the human being and all animals with backbones. So no, it's not only humans with it, right? Animals with backbones. I just find the whole thing very interesting. It's right there. See that red dot right there? That's your pineal gland. All right? It's your damn spinal cord going up into your neck and your head. Spinal cord. See that? So all animals, not just humans, backbones, have pineal glands. So watch this. So you can pretty much know on that left side, you got Hindu tradition right there. And you see that third eye right there. So you, a lot of people call the third eye. The parental eye, also known as the third eye, or penile eye, is a part of, let me get this word right, the epithermalis presence in some animal species. It say the eye is proto-receptive and is associated with the pineal gland. Regulating is that word again? Circadian rhythmistically, rhythmistic, mm, rhythmicity and hormone production for thermoregulation. All right, that dot on that lizard here, right there. That dot right there. That particular frog right there, see the down is here? Right there? 
You see the dial on that head on that on that sculpture right there. All right. So this is where they got it from observing animals, basically. Oh, their third eye. Right. So if you go back far enough in time with these particular animals right here, right? These particular animals would would that, that would it don't even serve the same function that it would serve. But this is where they got it from, your third eye. All right, here you go. And these particular species of animals right here serves as a function. Ain't got nothing to do with your connection to the universe. Once again, let's come to Egypt, the eye of Horus. In ancient Egypt, in ancient Egyptian Egypt, most fractions were written as the sum of two or more units of fractions, a fraction with one as numerator. Let's say with scribes possessing tables of answers. See the rhyme mathematical papyrus. So while you messing around with the third eye and all that, and the eye holders to say this is my third eye, the Nile Valley Africans was using for mathematics. Why didn't they teach you this? It says different parts of the eye of Horus were thought to be used by the ancient Egyptians to represent one divided by the first six powers of two. Here you go, the right side. Here you go. What's going on, brother? What's happening? I just wanted to... Uh um jump in first and let you know that it's an endocrine grant gland okay. all right all right where at? but anyway let me go back which one let's get it right hold on no i mean that's it's way back so you don't have to go back that far. All right. All right. um and i just wanted to jump in real quick here all and right. I'm, I'm gonna have to share this source with you at some time all right what we discovered about the eye is that it really was a measure of the Nile Valley and its flooding mm. and it's in its uh in its different aspects in the Delta area. Mm -hmm. And there's textual proof of that. Mm. So when everybody's talking about even the, the Horus eye and divide, even if they know it's about the vision, they don't know to what degree um it is about the vision and to what it's applied to. It's applied to the actual Nile River and because remember, depending on how high the flood waters was, they can predict how much yield they would get on their crops. And so, when you when you're seeing these this this what they're calling the third eye, it has nothing to do with the eye at all. It has to deal with certain regions of the Nile River, and um, their calculations on how much yield would come as a result of the flooding. And so it just shows you how more practical their uh, society was. And even when you think it's esoteric, it ain't. Mm. Mm. I'm going back on mute. Mm. All right. Again, I'll share that with you at another time so you you have the full. Okay. Uh, All right. on that. And so it, it really throw people off who, who think that sign has something to do with some spiritual third eye seeing <laughs> gland and 
all other kind of stuff. It has nothing to do with that at all. And 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 this isn't one of those things where we're just guessing. They they tell you in the text mm. what it, what it is. So um, I'll share that with you one day. All right. All right. Thank you for correcting that pronunciation of that. Appreciate you. And giving us that information right there, which is valuable to what the hell we doing. I really appreciate that. So there you have it right there. So why didn't they teach us that? Why they leave us out there on a whole third eye scenario when our ancestors weren't even talking about that? That's a bunch of crap. That's one of them African-American interpretations. Like when we start to talk about the unk and how it's the phallus and the womb coming together and the children, that's the unk and all that. That's an African-American expression of what the symbol was. And in our valley, the unk simply meant life. You can see it in text. You know what I'm saying? Like you look at that thing with Unc Nauten and you look at the sun rays, you see the Unc because the light, the sun gives life, brings forth life. Ain't got nothing to do with the penis and the phallus and the, and the womb and the coming together and the, oh, man. So that's the African-American interpretation of it. So the now valid interpretation of this eye right here was dealing with fractions and, and, and what Brother Saul was just talking about. So this is the information we need because we can't use the third eye to change our conditions. But we can use some math to help change our damn conditions. We sure as hell can. All right? So the last statement was made. Let me get out of the screen. Was basically that humans have always been the same. That's a prediction that's going around. That we have always been the same. That's not true. If we was always the same through time, then what in the hell are the rest of these skulls right here then? They sure as hell ain't monkeys and they sure as hell ain't no apes and gorillas, right? They're human species. Humans. They're orthopithecus. Lucy. Seven million years. So this represents a different strata. That's today. That's a million years ago. You could dig down further in the earth, two million. Dig down to three million, four million, five million, six million, seven. It's the bottom layer right here. Seven, when they start to find fossils in the, in, when they start to find fossils, seven million. These are some of the oldest fossils they found. Seven million years. So if the if the prediction is there's consequences to the prediction when you make the statement that humans always have been, we've always been here. That's not true because we was always here. See that Homo Homo sapien? Hold on. Show you something. See that Homo sapiens skull right there? If we always was here, then you would find that Homo sapiens skull all the way down here at 7 million. So we can we can test that hypothesis and we can test that prediction. And based off of the fossil record, you do not find this Homo sapiens skull down here at 7 million. You don't find it. You find Cephalopithecus. You find Orion took a Genesis. Did I say that right? Uh, Articus Kabuba. Did I say that right? Kabuba. Early humans. Hmm. Orthopithecus Rambutus. Uh, what do you? Orthopithecines. It's a family where Lucy is right up in here. That's Lucy. Look at that. All right. Parthopithecus. Okay. So 
Where the hell is the Homo sapiens scars at? Oh, we've been here for 70 years. You don't find it in the fossil record, no matter what y'all say. No matter how much folly and foolery is being told in the community, that statement is false. We can test it. That statement has consequences. It absolutely does. You do not find Homo sapiens sapiens scars at one million years. That's not to say that they won't find it one day. But I'm saying as of 2019, you do not find Homo sapiens scars one million, two million, three million, four million, five million. No, you find these types of scars. These are not gorillas and orangutans, neither. Dr. Ben talked about the orthopithecus. Right here, Lucy. This is what Dr. Ben was talking about right here. Right here. Dagnesh, right here. Wasn't talking about Homo sapiens. So you got the human family right here, the humans. Early humans down here and the humans right here. The predecessors. So right here, you got Homo habilis, the tool maker. Homo erectus, upright. Homo antecessor. Ancestor. They named that based off of this group of individuals or group, right? And they said that was their ancestor. So they named it Homo Ancestor. Homo Habilagensis. Out of Homo Habilagensis, you get what? You get Homo Neanderthalus and Homo Satan. Homo Florensis. All right? Different skulls. The farther time you go back in time, you find different skulls. And so the statement that, quote unquote, you know what I'm saying? We we always was here, you know what I'm saying, is a false notion, right, and can be tested and proven that it's not the truth. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, hold on. Let's play this out one more time. Real quick. We get all this straight so you don't make it seem like I made up something or I did this. All right, so we just went all the available information to kind of help uh, Brother Info DC, right, and let him know that until he get up on the available information, right, he shouldn't be teaching uh, the origin of humanity and where they came from and how they got here. He shouldn't be doing it. Now, let's see. Well, one thing, you see, Darwin's theory doesn't hold water. <clears throat> Darwin's evolutionary theory does not hold water. If we'll look at the primates, which... Europeans want to claim they come from. We never claim we came from, but Europeans want to say they come from that. If we look at the gorilla, which is the most advanced primate, he has 48 chromosomes. Human beings, man has 46. And so it's a step backwards. And then a step to the side. We have a pineal gland that connects us to the universe. He doesn't have this. So it's something like, it's something like some engineering took place here. It's like somebody took the body, we got every organ and muscle that the gorilla has, but we got a different intellect and a different connection to the universe. So it's like somebody took a step back, a step to the side, and then went forward for human beings. We came here as human beings, and we have always been human beings. Okay, so I just need to make that statement. That's what they're proving. They're going to prove. They're going to see. I mean, every year they have to push the date back. They, first it was... We were here 3 million years, then 5 million, then 8 million. They're going to find out we was here dodging dinosaurs. You know what? They're going to find out. We've always been here. <laughs> All right. So there you have it. Um, 
Y'all heard that. I am not trying to beat the dead horse on that. Um, but it's clear that the brother don't need to teach on that subject right there. Y'all can get mad. Y'all can holler, talk shit, whatever y'all want. It's a fact. And it's going to be like this for the whole 2019. Right? Um, this is what we're doing. Um, so it's not picking on nobody. It's just bringing the cold hard facts. That in 2018, I mean, in 2019, right, you can't just blow off uh, Darwin's theory of natural selection, all right, because it does hold water. It's the damn cornerstone of biology. You can't say the gorillas, you know what I'm saying, don't have pineal glands. We know animals with backbones have pineal glands, and we know the function of it. You can't say that. You can't put the third eye scenario on the Egyptians. You can't. They were dealing with fractions in the Nile, like Brother uh, Assal was saying. All right. You can't say that um, gorillas are the most intelligent primates. No, you can't. Humans are the most intelligent primates. Man, you, you just some things you can't say. You can't say that we always was here because we can look at the fossil record and go back in time and tell. There are no homo sapiens sapiens in seven million years, six million years, five million years, four million years, three million years, one million years. Not, of, not as of 2019. No, there is no such thing as that. So I just wanted to break down that little bit right there. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I think that to be very, very important. Um, any questions in the chat room? You want to add something to that, brother, Saul? Um, the only thing that I would add is kind of based on a comment that I made on my Facebook page today mm -hmm. is that you know, it's it's we have to be able to vet sources. And so, um, you know, with the. Uh, of course, those who are researchers in the academy knows what I'm talking about, but we have been pivotal. We meaning the Amara squad and those of us, you know, like the Mosi Warrior Clan, Dagger Squad and others. Uh, have been at the forefront in the quote-unquote conscious community mm -hmm. of informing the laypersons that when if you're going to do research and you're going to promote an idea to the public, you need to have a source. And so, but what people fail to realize is that having a source is just the first step. Because nine times out of 10, you're not going to be the one who's doing the original research. It's not going to be your primary research. And you're not going to be a primary source, which means that you're going to get this from somewhere. And so we want to know where you're getting these ideas from for several reasons. Um, and the main reason is to trace the logic in your conclusion. So, you know, you came to your conclusion based on this bit of evidence, this bit of evidence, um, circumstantial or whatnot. And when we put it all together, we have your conclusion so we can follow the thought. Um, and then two, so we can make sure that you're actually representing the source material correctly, you know, or that even even that it even exists. And so um, but. The third part that isn't stressed enough, which I, you know, have made it an emphasis to stress is that you have to be able to 
be knowledgeable enough to vet the sources, mm-hmm. which means you have to know about the subject to know if they are providing sound and reliable information. Mm-hmm. Um, because you can find a source. If I say two plus two equals 345, if, if, if I find a napkin, you know, and we know that Tupac wrote it on, on the, on the, on the napkin and we have the primary source. We always talk about primary source. That's a primary source, a Tupac's napkin mm-hmm. with the equation two plus two equals 345. Of course I'm making this up, but I'm trying to make a point that if, if we go back to that napkin, um, it will definitely say two plus two equals 345, but you have to have some basic arithmetic skills to be like, okay, well, the source is solid. The source is true, but the information is incorrect because mm-hmm. two plus two does not equal 345. Mm-hmm. So um, you have to have that type of skill set to be able to go in and vet the sources. And so what we're finding is a lot of people just finding information randomly places and without being able to vet the sources in terms of its validity, in terms of its logic, and just repeating what they find in the source out in the public. And so now if they are challenged with um, a rebuttal to the idea that was brought forth from the source because they don't have a background in the subject they can't defend it Hmm. you know so if i found two plus two equals four from a a letter wrote uh tupac wrote on a napkin somewhere and i was i'm i'm in a math conversation with mathematicians and Hmm. i'm like two plus two equals 345 they'll look at me crazy and they'll be like well how do you how did you come to that conclusion demonstrate and i wouldn't be able to do it and this is what this is the next step that we have to get to so you know your first step especially in in uh, as far as your research methods is concerned you know look for sources but also vet the sources and vet the arguments and so you got to learn logic you have to learn science in general and and what is evidence-based and all of this other kind of stuff and 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 it seems like a lot of that just wasn't going on in much of the conversation and so if one understood evolution for example one would know that you could not uh say the comment that he said in that same interview that uh that the animals were here before us that's a lie well i shouldn't say it's a lie that's not true because human beings are animals and we evolved the same distance and the same source as all other for example if we want to talk about mammals for example all mammals evolved from the same species down the evolutionary tree. Thanks. So that uh, that text that I introduced a long time ago to the conscious community, uh, your inner fish, mm-hmm. is is a good book really? to talk about. You know how we came out of the waters really? and, and evolved on land. 
uh, based on the on the records. Tell them that the fish is gone. Tell them that fish yeah. push-ups. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So we all all mammals derive from that being. Mm -hmm. And so these other animals weren't here before us. They evolved alongside us. Facts. And so when we understand science, we 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 speak correctly when we're talking about certain subjects like this. And and for uh, far too long, and I'll end on this, the, the so-called spiritual community has been the loudest, <laughs> but um but when challenged on this in this basic information, they they always run from from the dialogue for the most part because uh we come to find out they haven't really studied up on it. It's just some ideas that they had in their head that they they rolled with. And we saw that in the 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 evolution debates on with with Sarnetter in New York and, and stuff to that nature. So I'll just end with that. So I hope I wasn't uh, long-winded. No. Mm -mm. no, not at all. So you're absolutely right right there on the screen that I'm showing you the abs you wear and the whole collection there. Um, when your book coming out, so you hear me? Yeah, to be announced. All I know is in sometime in the late spring. Okay. Um, but the exact date I couldn't tell you. All right, gotcha. All right, this presentation was brought to you by Abgeware. You know what I'm saying? The brain with the built-in consciousness. All right. And so we've been doing this, you know, studying and putting together information. You know what I'm saying from day one. So we ain't make the clothes didn't get conscious. We 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 was conscious and made the daggone clothes. Got a nice line of shirts. All right. Uh go to abgwear.com. All right. That's abdju.com. You know, make sure y'all support. All right. You know, we support each other. Because it's important to do that. Make sure you get the books. Uh, make sure you support Hecka Multimedia. That's Wuja's thing. Uh, make sure you uh, support Ad Animate Productions. Uh, shout out to Sister Calvin, man. I appreciate everything you do. You always there. I right, appreciate you. Um, and so, you know, we just want to keep rocking um, across the board, period. All right. Shout out to the Masi clan. All right, shout out to the uh, Shashu Money Metanetcha. Shout out to the Dagger Squad. All right, appreciate that. All the families, all the clans, man. It's just dedicated to the real information. All right, appreciate y'all, man. Like, this is important. Y'all got any questions in the chat room, man? Y'all can, you know, kick them. All right. Let me see. Got some. Hold on, watch this. Favorite joint right here. Saved by Melon. Let me see. Hold on. Wait. It's a fact right here. Watch this. Protected by melanin. So they always had this shirt on the market because that's exactly what melanin does. It protects you from the harmful UVA rays. So we got the protected by melanin shirt. <laughs> it's a fact. So you know what I mean, yo? That's Abjuad. That's A-B-D-J-U-W-E-A-R. Got the sweat hoods, hoodies, everything. You know what I mean? Um, I just wanted to do this presentation because we're just going to be on it like that. We're going to keep banging. So, you know, 
Uh, at the end of the day, man, all that get a pass shit, that shit over with, man. The get a pass days is over with. You know, everybody threw their passes in the middle of the table and gave them back. And I think we, uh, I was talking about, I'll tell you what we were talking about, Asa. I was talking about Japan, right? And so you got Japan, right? And you got, uh, when the Europeans dropped the thermonuclear weapon on that. And so they, it was their traditions and customs, right, that, that would not allow them. So they had this thing about the emperor couldn't be, you know, uh, uh, couldn't, what's the word I want to use this all? Couldn't. Something like that. You're looking up. The Europeans tried to find a, a, a way to give them a back door. A back door way out. They wouldn't take it. They traditions. They were just stuck. And so when they dropped that first bomb, you know what I'm saying? Uh, man, on, on, on Nagasaki, man, it devastated them. But it was just, but that, I mean, you know, they gave me, they told them, look, do this or else, right? Then they realized what their customs was and they tried to appease their customs and they still wouldn't listen. So what I'm saying is that a lot of times our custom and traditions kind of hog ties. And so sometimes, man, we, we might give too much respect for things that don't need it to be that. So I always say, man, um, you don't have to respect me. You just can't disrespect. You know what I'm saying? So we, we so whether you respect everything the elders say or not, that's not the point, man. We just don't disrespect them, right? What we're not going to do is we're not going to be hogtied with anything that anybody says is community, even on the squad, even the real black acres. If you... You talking and you, you had to mess up, be wrong. Hey, man, ain't nothing. We're going to come in and correct it. I, I didn't get mad at Saul because I pronounced the, the word wrong. I appreciate the brother for doing that. I'm not mad. Oh, you can't tell me that. Not embarrassed by that. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, we we all, you know what I'm saying, uh, can be corrected at any time, at any moment, because it's the information that is most important. Plain and simple. Hey, Saul, how you said you said the best? about you just signing for the truth. Oh, I was just saying that um, I have no obligation to to any person or organization um, as a researcher. My only obligation is to the truth. And we can deal with the politics later, but I got to first make sure that the information is right and exact. And then, you know, we 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 can figure out how to distribute it and how to disseminate it and what the implications are um, at a later time. Because we know you, you have to deal with certain audiences differently with the information. Some people, you could just give it to them straight up and they'll vet it and they'll accept it and move accordingly. Mm -hmm. Others, you got to beat over the head with because they're too emotionally attached to certain um, ideologies, but it's it's ironic that uh, the uh, <laughs> the uh, the word they everyone wants to talk about ma'at. Mm. The word means truth, mm -hmm. <laughs> but that's the nominal version of the word. Nominal mean the noun version. Mm -hmm. It derives from a verb meaning to walk or the way. It ultimately comes from a word meaning foot. 
and there's a there's a in, there's a ideological ideological series a semantic series uh, of of concepts that evolve from the word for foot and so in many of the world's languages including african languages the word for foot becomes the word for road or path right mm -hmm. so it comes foot then walk run and then walk run to foot path or road or way they're all the same word ultimately and so this is where the word ma'at comes from the word truth comes from the notion of walking the correct path walking the correct way and so ultimately what this means is that it's not true for the truth because it is is because you had the right method the right methodology the right way you walk the right road and unless you walk the right road you can't get to the truth hmm. otherwise you're off path you're off balance and so this is what they're trying to get to so when we're sitting here stressing proper methodology all we're doing is promoting maat hmm. and so maat doesn't give a a rats behind how you feel how you in your feelings about something if it's the truth it's the truth and you can only get there by walking the right path which means knowing the proper methods and so you you see a lot of people get um upset at certain uh, ideas that we bring forth but for no reason other than they have an emotional attachment to it as we can see with the spirit debate that we had um this kemet debate that we're having and you know saying other ideas of, of course this uh, evolution they have no reason whatsoever other than religious reasons for for believing some of these falsehoods <laughs> but they they want to talk about and promote maat if you're about maat then you're about truth which means you're about proper methodology you're about epistemology. If you're not about that, you're not about my. Quit using the word my. <laughs> Fact. You know, you can't be just making up stuff and be talking about I'm I'm in the I'm in the zone of my. No, you in the zone of isfet. You're off path. You're off using the wrong methods. And so, <laughs> you know, this is one of the things I wanted to uh, stress. Yeah, you got you, you you right on point with that, bro. 100% with that. The right way, the right path. Uh what's what papyrus the, the, the Ryan mathematical papyrus, am I correct? You got that? Do I'm sorry, I missed the first part. Uh the mathematical papyrus. Ryan mathematical papyrus where they talk when the ancestors talk about the, the, the correct way to study nature, the, the understanding of all things. Am I correct in that? Yeah, and the phrase that they use is tep -haseb. The correct method. Man, people argue us down about that. Yo, I'm like, man, like, it's nothing we could do. <laughs> it's, it's just stay a constant folly and foolery, man. But sometimes you got to get into that muck and mire, man, it seems like. But you just can't stay there. You know what I'm saying? But the fact is, man, like, I often wonder where the hell would the community be without the families, bro? Like, where would where, where we be without the clans, yo? Promoting the proper information, man. Where the hell? It just be a whole bunch of whole bunch of spookism, man. 
<laughs> whole bunch of flying through the air. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy, man. So that mm. is what it is. But I don't want to um keep y'all too long, man. Make sure y'all go to the Abdueh store, man. Um, that's A B D J U W E A R. And make sure y'all support, man. You know I'm um we we, we stepping up and doing the right thing. Uh, uh, not trying to belittle nobody. A lot of times, man, that be that that be a damn excuse. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, y'all just trying to look. Nah, man, that ain't it, man. So 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 real fast, Asar. What's that? Page two eighty one, right? I think you directed me to it. Their five bangers book, African philosophy, right? So yeah. what? Huh? Yeah, I hear you. Uh, I had to unmute. So what do we have here on page? 281. When we look at their five bangers work, uh, you got the topographical features, right? And he got the translations and all that. Right? Watch this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't know why D.I. I don't know why their five banger. Really good idea. Right here in the book. It says <laughs> translation. Uh, it's literally the black land right here, Kimmy. So right here, Dale Fowlbanger says that the word Kim means the black land. Look, put up in the screen for y'all. Got in the glyphs. Now, now keep, keep in mind, however, and again, this is a translation from French. So he originally wrote this book in French. Mm -hmm. So the uh, Jean-Claude and Boley informed me that the word that they have there for black land is actually, uh, you know, Paz Noir, which is uh, country black. However, you know, so in the English is, is the black land, but it is, as you say it, it's a topographical features. Mm -hmm. So he could not be talking about the country in the abstract, because if you look at all of the words that's under this heading, he's just not naming places. He's naming features. So, you know, Edehu, the Delta Marshes, Mehet, the Delta Marshes, Ta, the land, Tawi, the two lands. I'll skip over Kemet. Hapi, the now, Mehu, lower Egypt, the Delta, Ta Mehu, the Delta again. Shemau, Upper Egypt, synonym Shemau, and the Fayum, literally, or Tash, literally the land of the lake. So notice that all the other names for the um, for the places under this heading have to do with some geographical uh, type of characteristics. That's why it's called a toponym. Mm -hmm. And so these are topographic. Topos means uh, landscape or land or you know geographic features. So geographical features. So to put Kemet in there, Theophilo Benga has to be talking about the land and not the idea of the country. So that's why it's the black land when translated into English. And that's what he meant in the French. But go ahead. Yeah, so I just wanted to make my point. It's in the damn book, did he? Right there, he going straight against Diop. So, I mean, is, was he disrespecting Diop's? No. So all that talk about the foolery and how much we disrespecting the elders 
and the dead and all that, man. Come on, man. Y'all all in the Facebook group talking that foolery, man. When y'all ain't even read this book, African uh, Philosophy, Hellfire Banger, and he's showing you how the Nile Valley was dealing with, you know, science and engineering right in here. So, man, come on, man. Like, man, pick up a book, man. You know, reading is fundamental around here. You know what I'm saying? Reading is actually fundamental. So, yeah, man, I ain't want to stay on here too long, right? I'm glad everybody stopped through. We had, we had 430,000 people watching. <laughs> Make sure y'all hit that like button, man. Make sure y'all share that, man. Um, uh, hey, cop, hey, sister cop, your hat, you, did you get your hat yet? Your hat should be there. You should have your hat. Do got the fitted hats. I do got the fitted hats. What are you talking about? Yeah, you should have got your uh your thing, sister Calvin. Let me see. We got hats too. We got everything. Here's clothes. Let me see. Go right to the home screen. Type in hats. You got the hats. I'll go right to the website and type it in. Show y'all. Okay, okay, I'm out for real. All right, man. All right, peace. All right, peace. All right, y'all go right here. Got the hats. Fitted hats. Sarah hats. Yeah, man, but y'all go to the store, man. Just go ahead and make sure y'all support, man. Um, but since I don't see, I don't see no questions in the chat room, man. Got the no pseudo hats, the Avenue hats, you know, for that weather. You know, got the boots. Let me see. Got the boots. The boots. Where the boots at? Got the boots. All right. If y'all ordered something in the last couple of days, man, it's on its way. Um. So, yeah, man, it's all good around here, man. I appreciate that. But we just want to, you know, I mean, hell. Boost for all y'all up north. There you go. So yeah, man, we just want to uh just appreciate all the support, man. Um, uh, we like I said, we're gonna be on the regular with these shows from now on. Uh, I think it's important, man. Um, the RBA, real black atheists. You know what I'm saying? Rebuilding Africa. All right. Uh, man, um, one book at a time. We're going to make sure we do what we got to do because we're going to do what we got to do, y'all. What we got to do is we got to keep that information fresh, keep the information right and exact. You know what I'm saying? Um, appreciate everybody coming through. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, shout out to Chief X. 
What's up, man? Uh, I see you in there, Sean. All right. Uh, Sean Parker, what's good? All right. Carrie, I see you. My favorite dad, Sister Kaba. Yeah, you know I mean, shout out to all the members of the Amaral squad. Winslow, I see you. All right. Um, shout out to uh, Sister Naya, Voices of Fire. Shout out to Smash Rockwells. All right. Shout out to Dr. Oyamayat and Anime Productions. Make sure y'all support her with our animated lessons. Shout out to Sahu Tep. All right. So shout out to Wuja. Shout out to Brother Nahisi. You know what I'm saying? Brother Ben. You know what I mean? Mice Clan Warriors. Shout out to all the family, man. Hey, look, thanks for stopping through. We're going to do this regularly. We're going to get them numbers up, man. I refuse on my watch to allow the pseudos to continue to overrun the position. Thank y'all for coming through, man. Hope y'all enjoyed the presentation. Uh, go back. Go back through the presentation, man. Take your notes. Uh, go look up this information, man. Hey, Real Black Atheism is on the rise, man, and y'all know it. Peace out.